May only your word be spoken, O Lord. May only your word be heard. Amen. There have been times when I've been in a large group of people and found that I had a great fondness for many of the people there. And at the same time, I felt a great antipathy for another large part of the group. I'm referring to times when I've been at a sporting event like an Astros game. (laughs) Folks wearing the Astros shirts and hats, well, they're my people. There's this connection, this bond, this belonging we feel for each other. We don't know anything at all about each other, but we're wearing the same color t-shirt. We belong together for that night in the tribe of the Astros. Now, the fans in the Yankees shirts, for example... Well, we just don't belong together. I may have much more in common with them, may like them immensely outside of that stadium and in different T-shirts. But for that night at that game, we are two different groups who do not belong together. Now, I'm overstating things a bit, of course. But forming exclusive groups is something that we humans tend to be pretty good at doing. No girls allowed. No boys allowed. Little kids making their own temporary exclusive groups seems innocent enough, and it usually is. And children's no boys allowed and no girls allowed clubs also show us how early in our lives we tend towards forming like groups and exclude those who are not alike. This forming of like groups makes some sense. Sometimes people just want to be with folks who are obviously like them. Sadly, however, these like groups or these exclusive groups can end up hurting those who are excluded. Even kids, boys only and girls only groups can unintentionally hurt those who are excluded. Some kids grow up not quite sure where they fit or where they belong with the girls or with the boys. I think of Stephen, as I knew her years ago, Elizabeth now, who had this experience growing up. There was no intention of excluding her, yet there really wasn't a place for her on the playground when the gym teacher said, boys over here, girls over here. Oftentimes, we don't mean to exclude people. We're just trying to have a group gathered around something similar within ourselves. And then other times we very much do mean to exclude, to exclude those who are deemed as unworthy, undesirable, or not belonging. Whites only, no Jews, no Irish, women need not apply. There are countless ways our society and all societies have excluded others, and the church, much as it tries to love, has often been a willing participant in this exclusion. In the past, our churches have been intentionally racially segregated. We've kept women out of ministry, even though Jesus and the early church did not. We've allowed members of the LGBTQ community to be a part of the church, so long as they were quiet about and hid who they were. That's just a partial list list of how the institution itself has excluded groups from the church. 
Even more are the ways that individuals have removed people they felt were undesirable. The disapproving looks given. The audible whispers of disdain. The snubbing of some and the outright statement that you'd be happier somewhere else to others. Excluding others in the church has a long history, probably as long as the church has been around. Even the earliest members of the church were human and full of the same challenges that we all have. Wanting to feel comfortable, wanting to belong. And sometimes excluding others to make sure that they felt comfortable in their own belonging. Even in Jesus' day, before the church had been established, Jesus was a part of this human tendency toward exclusion. When he met a woman who was a Gentile who begged Jesus to cast a demon out of her daughter, he initially refused. He called her a dog. He saw her as unworthy and undesirable and as not belonging. Jesus was acting as he had been taught. We don't associate with those Gentile dogs. Jesus had been taught. And then the woman didn't fight Jesus or even refute his claims of her beastliness. Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs, she said. Supporting Jesus' claim, she revealed it for what it was, cruel and exclusionary. It seemed that she brought Jesus up short. It seems that his eyes were opened in that moment. That what he had been taught about Gentiles as less than human dogs really wasn't the case. Here was not an unworthy dog, but a woman and a child. These were beloved children of God, and Jesus healed the daughter immediately. Jesus was God, yes, but he was also fully human with human limitations and frailties, and he had been taught one thing about humanity, that there were undesirable less than humans. And then when he saw one of those undesirable less than humans up close, he realized that he had been given a false teaching. This woman, and by extension, these Gentiles, were not less than humans, but full humans, beloved of God, who were deserving of love and belonging. Now, you could say that when we exclude others, we're only human, also following what we've been taught, and that's true. Even so, when we exclude others from the church, we don't do so by acting as humans. When we exclude others from the church, we become idolaters, acting as though we were God. Because it's God's church, not ours. So when we start to proclaim who can be a part of God's church and who cannot... We are moving God out of our way so we can make God's church what we want it to be. Putting ourselves in God's place, we end up becoming our own idols, ultimately worshiping ourselves rather than God. Who is in and who is out? Who is worthy and who is unworthy? By the teachings of various days, the out 
and unworthy were black people, women, homosexual people, children who made noise or moved at all. Folks without enough money or folks with the wrong clothes. All of these people have been excluded from the church at various times and places following accepted norms of the majority of the time. Only to have those norms cast out, those idols thrown down, and the people no longer seen as dogs, but as beloved children of God. Even today, then, what norms against what people do we still hold? Putting them down as dogs and raising ourselves up as idols in God's place. Who would make any of us personally uncomfortable? Sitting next to us, or preaching to us, or celebrating at this table. Realizing who those people are, remember, we remember that they are not dogs, but God's beloved children, and we are not God to exclude them or anyone from God's church. Then, no longer in charge as gatekeeper, we get to enjoy the rich diversity of who God's children are. Astros and Yankees fans. Rich and poor, LGBTQ, cisgender, heterosexual, any and all races and skin colors, American, immigrant, children, adults, felons, men and women, and all those in between. There is such a rich and beautiful diversity of God's children and God's intention for God's church and God's kingdom is for us to enjoy all of each other. We are each other's family. God's family. So when we arrive here, no one of us actually welcomes the other as though the other doesn't belong. We actually just meet one another as our family together. For we all belong here. In God's church, as God's family.